Hey everyone, welcome to Hope Parenting Project. I am your coach and host, Joanna. Today I wanted to take some time to talk about strong-willed children. I am the parent of a very strong-willed child. Um, I have done a lot of counseling and coaching with families in strong-willed children. If you are curious, is well, mainly I know when people have one, they know they have one, but I'm just, just for the sake of this podcast, going to go over kind of some common patterns in strong-willed children. The um, Number one, strong-willed children tend to be very impatient, they, and they are kind of quick, so they want to do things quickly. Um, they can get very frustrated and impatient if things are not going the way that they wanted to or operating on the speed that they want. Um, they kind of do everything and even eat fairly quickly. Um, number two, they are and can be very controlling and bossy. Um, they... <laughs> What I always joke about with strong-willed children is they're really great at being rule enforcers of other kids, but when it comes to applying the rules to self, not so much, right? And so they might be the one breaking the rules left and right, but they might be the rule enforcers for other children. They, they kind of have a specific idea of how things should be um, and can be very focused on ensuring that it, it happens that way. Um, Another sign or a common pattern in strong-willed children is that they want to learn things by themselves. Um, so they're fiercely independent. They tend to not accept a lot of influence. Um, they are more what I call experiential learners, so they tend to do. Um, they're the type that if you, they're not going to do what's called vicarious learning as well. So if you're like, hey, if you do this, this could result in this. They're like, mm, I'm going to test that, and maybe I'm going to test that about 42 times. So if you tell me not to do this because I might get hurt, I might just simply jump from the slide anyway. And I might do it repeatedly. And then once I find that it hurts or what have you, maybe I won't do it again. But it's not until sometimes they experience the actual result or the consequence that they learn. Um, so these types tend to do. They're, they're experiential learners. Um, they, some kids will learn just by observing others. They will do. So even if they, even if they were to see a child jump, let's say, and get hurt, they might think somehow it would be different for them and do the same. Whereas other children might witness that and be like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. Tommy got hurt, so I'm not interested. A strong-willed child might go, well, I can do that better. That's not going to happen to me. And then they might very well just do it. Um, and so it can be very exacerbating for parents. Strong-willed children will often not do something they don't want to. One of my favorite quotes from my daughter, and I knew better as a parent and as a coach, but I still did it. I was questioning or kind of gently challenging her as to like, Maya, why did you? I did the why did you, right? Um, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, I was having a really frustrating day and she just point blank looked at me and said, um, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I don't know if there can be 
a better descriptor of a strong-willed child other than that. They're going to do what they want to do. Sometimes consequences don't seem to hinder them. Um, it can be hard to know how to discipline, coach, parent these children. A lot of parents, because these kids don't necessarily respond, all the, seemingly respond to um, what's being asked of them, I, my joke, I, I tease, it, it can feel like a lot of parents are like, oh my God, am I raising a criminal, right? Is this child going to be a criminal? Are they going to be in jail? Um, they don't listen. They just do what they want. They can be seen almost as, sometimes labeled as like very defiant, very, I don't want to say antisocial, um, but there's this fear around them or this narrative, especially parents like, my child's just not listening to me. Um... So that's a really common thing. They tend to be very vocal. This kind of comes back to the bossy stuff, but they're they're very opinionated. They will point blank just tell you what they think. Sometimes they're lacking filters, um, but they will have an opinion about everything, and it can be hard for them to not to learn to sort of soften that, right? So this can lead to conflict with other people because they just might point blank tell you how it is. I have literally had my daughter challenge people from the family, challenge her friends, challenge the parents of friends, and just be like, well, you know what? This person's not being nice, so you guys can go now. Um, and is can be just kind of very, can lack social decorum, let's say, because they're just going to point blank tell you what they think and feel. I have a great appreciation for these kids because you kind of always know where you stand with them, but um, they can create quite a bit of emotional and social ruckus around them. Uh, Strong-willed children often throw temper tantrums. Um, they experience a lot of emotion and very intensely. Anger can be a big one, so you might see a lot of meltdowns, especially when they're younger um, and really like aren't even in the brain capacity to self-regulate, but this can permeate later years. Um, where they might seem to rage, they might just have these huge sort of emotional um, ejections um, where they can get physical and scream and it can go on for a very long time. It can be very difficult to sometimes help them regulate out of this emotional space. Um, strong-willed children generally have a strong sense of what's right and wrong. So this is sort of like, again, this rule-enforcing aspect. And perhaps, again, they're better at implementing and enforcing it with others than they are themselves. But they're often described as having, like, a strong sense of integrity, too. So you, if they see bullying, they might go and walk right up to the belly and be the person to kind of go nose-to-nose -nose with that person and say, you need to stop. Um, they might hold authority figures accountable for their choices. Um, they, they, they're great reflectors of, um, and communicators as far as what they think should or shouldn't happen, why it shouldn't happen. And they usually can, from a very young age, tell you this. Strong-willed children often are, argue a lot. Um, they... They will not just acquiesce. Like if they want to know something or if they're challenging you, 
uh, simple like saying because I said so or these are the rules, they're, they're not going to accept that as a valid response. They're going to argue, again, their belief system of what they think should be. They're going to want that to be altered. Like they're very, they can be leaders, right? They're, they're not followers. So just because they're told that, hey, in, in this class, this is how we do it. They might just straight up tell you why they think that's a wrong way of doing it and tell you what they think should be done differently and may blatantly disregard the rules and do what they want anyway. So back to kind of the prior, the prior, um, patterns. Strong-willed children have a hard time sometimes transitioning. Um, they tend to kind of hyper-focus at times. I feel like a lot of strong-willed children kind of surface as looking like they have ADHD. Um, which may or may not be the case, but they have a hard time with transition. So if they really, they like to do complete tasks from A to Z, especially the ones that they really enjoy. So it can be very difficult to kind of pull them out of something they want to do and transition them to something else. Like they really want to stay doing what they want to do. They often will be very stubborn and avoidant of the things they don't want to do. Um, and it can be hard with time management or sort of balance. Sometimes this is a big thing, a big struggle surfacing, um, with COVID and distance learning where a lot of parents are really struggling with like getting their children on zoom calls, completing the assignments, what have you. Um, because these kids just sort of buck that and sometimes are not responsive to any reinforcers, punishments, things like that. Um, even natural consequences are just kind of like, yeah worth it. It's worth it for me not to do it. If you're, if I, you're going to tell me I can't earn my screen time or my video games, whatever, I'll go play Legos. Like I don't give two shits. Um, I'm going to just, I don't want to do that assignment or I don't want to do this. So whatever, I'll take that, you know, and it can be hard <laughs> to get them to do what we call compliance, right? Like, and so that's why I said they often are deemed as being defiant, though that's not necessarily their intent, they're not just looking with intent to create tension. It's sort of a byproduct of what they're focused on. Um, Strangled children are often entities that think outside of the box. They'll sometimes find creative ways to do things. Um, they'll kind of have their own way of doing it. Um, they might not follow the all the specific rules of an assignment. They might actually go above and beyond what this assignment requires. So, so I've seen this in school systems. Um, sometimes our school systems are not very adept at um, matching these children, depending on sort of the philosophy of that school. But if it's a very compliance-based curriculum, they don't tend to do well because they might find a different way to do something. Um, a good example is even with my child, she'll often do the part of an assignment that she prefers first, right? If it's coloring or art, she'll do that. Um, the last thing she might do is put her name on the page. She might start in the corner of a worksheet. Like she knows, but she just doesn't want, she just doesn't do top, bottom, left, right. She kind of hones in on what she likes to do and she'll do that. And then sometimes requires a bit of prodding to do the rest because the rest of it seems not as fun or worthwhile for her. So what do you do when you have a strong-willed child? 
Well, first and foremost, I often coach with parents that's really important to learn how to communicate with these kids. One of the best ways to get these kids on board is to, how do I explain it? Is to allow them as much choice as possible, but if they choose something, they're more inclined to actually follow through with it. If you're giving a directive or enforcing rules, they're the easiest children to engage in power struggles. They may refuse just to show their authority and or autonomy, and they may do it because they don't actually believe that they they believe that there's a different way to do it. So, conveying love and respect and empathy is really important. Learning to talk to them in a softer way, learning to teach them through modeling how to talk in a softer way so that they, because they can be seen as bullies, like they kind of just bulldoze through. Um, so really modeling, attentive listening, modeling um, what I call reflective statements, which shows empathy, um, really helping them to feel heard. If they don't feel heard by you, they don't give to whatever of what you say after. So validating their emotional stance is really important to kind of get more cooperation from them um, because if they feel respected, loved, and heard, they're more inclined to follow through with um, requests, maybe even if they don't want to, but if there isn't that emotional resonance, they will not. Um, like I said, you will just engage in a, a, a power struggle with them. They pretty much know that they're ready to do that almost all the time. Um, it is important to set firm boundaries and um, expectations with them, but how you do it is important. So if you're very authoritarian, very, um, this is what you're going to do, you will likely get pushed back. If you can try to move to a more collaborative, communicative, um, empathetic stance, you're more likely to elicit cooperation from them. So how you do that is really important um, as far as the response you're going to get from the other side. These children are high feelers, so it's really important to, to really learn to um, validate and spend a lot of time listening to how they feel. Um, it's a great place where you can lean in and coach empathy, model empathy, and really develop emotional intelligence. It will help them to learn to regulate. You are their lifeline. So if you're able to be available to them, even though they're getting really intensely, intensely angry about things that you deem as little in their lives, maybe they're, maybe you have a four-year-old, maybe you have a 10-year-old. And that span of their life, whatever it is that they are experiencing is a big deal for them. So of course we can reflect on it as, as adults within a, in a mature brain and see it as being like, well, it's not like you have to pay bills. It's not like it's blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. That's all they know. So in their realm of living, is really a big deal for them. And so being emotionally present with them is going to actually help them learn to regulate. They can talk to you. Um, they can learn to communicate versus sort of act out sort of their emotions. And this is really critical as they get older so that you have this sort of collaborative lifeline with them where they can talk to you about the struggles because the likelihood is they're, they're, they're not gonna change, right? Like they're going to always be pressing on rules and the systems and sometimes kind of be the odd duck out in a lot of this is especially the case in a lot of school systems. Okay, like these kids show up a lot of times in my practice because 
they're struggling in sort of these school systems where maybe there isn't a lot of autonomy, there isn't a lot of choice, there is, they don't have a lot of authority. And so they're sort of bucking um, the system. They're bucking the rules. They're power struggling and, and being quote-unquote defiant and frustrating schools, teachers, what have you. Um, this can show up quite a bit in sports teen practices too. Um, so just be aware of that. Um, so that kind of leads me to the next one, which is sort of like give your child as much authority and autonomy as they can have. Give choices. Instead of it being compliant-based, like, hey, can you put your shoes on? You might offer choices like, which shoes do you want to wear today? Um, and the more that you can do this, the more where you need to stand firm, um, they will accept. Because like I said, they're very prone to to power struggles. So the more autonomy they have, especially around their own body, like these are the children that what I would just recommend is let them dress themselves. If it doesn't match, oh well. You know what I mean? Like you can have a two hour power struggle to get them to wear a certain pair of shoes or to wear a matching outfit. Whereas you just let them learn, let them do it. Like in the greater course of things, like if you let autonomy in that area, they might be more um, accepting of influence in other areas because they feel like they have a say. Um, children, just like I mentioned, strong-willed children, the more autonomy and authority they have over their body, the more um, peace you will probably have. So try to allow them to dictate and trust them. Um, it, this could even down to food like it, it might be like eat this or don't eat it it's up to you type thing but forcing forcing anything related to their body is going to likely you probably got like a, a near 100% chance that they're gonna they're gonna just fight you and intensely um so let them choose their clothes let them have some autonomy and food choices again it can be like this or that right if you're looking for balance maybe they can eat at 6 or 6.15 type thing. And so you're allowing some flexibility. Um, one of the things that happens on a parental level is I think parents get scared and kind of start to worry that there's something wrong with your strong-willed child. Like I said, that maybe they're raising a criminal or because your child is pretty non-compliant, like somehow they're failing as a parent. Be aware of this. Like this can really sort of create an emotional... Uh, it creates an emotional narrative where we might start to see our child as being defiant or see them as a very negative. And believe it or not, like this viewpoint can really impact how we respond. Sometimes I have found, especially if I'm in an intensive period with my oldest child, that there's almost a defensiveness that can arise as a parent. Like we're almost anticipating pushback, right? And so because of that, we might actually be like initiate things with them harder than we would other children because we're anticipating and expecting some sort of pushback um, or a negative response. And so we as parents really need to be mindful of that and really look at like softening. Um, be aware of how you're saying things. Be aware of irritated tones. Be aware of how... Um, 
how inflexible you might be, how you might be power struggling in advance, right? How you want to be heard as a parent. You want to feel respected. So you're really like going to enforce something. You might find that these children really can pull that out of ourselves where we are almost starting the power struggle with them because we're wanting to sort of be the winners of these exchanges and want to feel like we, <laughs> our, our guidelines, our rules or whatever were accepted, right? And we almost push it. And because we're pushing so hard, like I said, they will often push back. Um, there can be, there's still... It's interesting in parenting how sometimes it's still very much equated to punishment. I find that strong-willed children um, are very often sensitive and good-hearted people, right? It's not, they're not these criminals in the, the making. They're just very persistent and determined um, to see through kind of what their vision is. So be aware of this tendency to fall into punishment. I encourage the practice of natural consequences as much as possible with these kids. I think because they are experiential learners, um, the more that we step back and do not buffer from natural consequences. So let's say if they're, they are having a hard time getting themselves ready and they're going to be late, let them be late and let them get a tardy. If they don't turn in an assignment on time, let them get a lower grade. Let them have the natural consequence. Don't buffer that so that they have a more uh, are more successful in that moment at school and then create an artificial one. Sometimes what parents do is they'll they'll like rescue the child in the moment, but then they'll like there's a, a consequence dealt at home. The more that you can focus on natural consequences, the more that these children will learn. Bolster and embolden the other authority figures in this child's life. Talk to the teachers, talk to the coaches, whomever it is, and really let them know that, you know, to to not that they that you support them in really kind of creating this wrap around these kids so that they're getting the same message everywhere that this is this is acceptable, this is not, right? In a non-shaming way, but this so they don't because you as a parent, if you're always the gatekeeper, they're going to just start to see you as being really mean. Um, and so sometimes what we really need to do is really empower, empower the, the other authorities in their, their life to kind of create the same message so they're repeatedly learning to the, the importance sometimes of having to follow the rules even if they don't want to. Um, and... Be really mindful of balance. Like, as much as you can give these children autonomy and authority, the more cooperation you're going to have from them. It's really about wanting them to make the choice to do these things, right? And so you can see why communication would be so important. Is like you want to have you, – you're going to talk to these kids sometimes like they're adults, Um even if they're a three-year-old, like you're just going to have these long conversations because the more that they understand why and the value and the purpose of it, the more inclined they are to follow it. But if you're just like, well, you just need to do this, you're not going to get a positive response. They're just not going to do it because they're told to. And these children, because I think they are so prone to getting negative feedback, I would really encourage you to really be mindful of praise and compliments and build up their sense of self. These these kids are leaders, but like you can, through love and positivity, also kind of channel their energy 
and their tenacity in a positive way. Like, oh, I love how helpful you were with your little brother. I love how patient you were in this moment. And it can cultivate more of what you're wanting to see. They respond extremely well to that. All children do. But this type, you're more likely to get, again, the behavior you're wanting when you can put the attention on when they do it and less attention on the negative because they are prone to power struggling and can be very stubborn and and what they choose to do. So recap, be very mindful of communication. You want, and this starts from when they're little, you want to be an agent of support. They, they need to know that even if they made a mistake, they can talk to you um, and that you can have honest, open communication with them. Be aware of your tendency as a parent to anticipate or become defensive in advance um, and how this might show up in your facial expressions, your tone, um, kind of your demeanor with them. These kids need to know the boundaries. They will hit them hard. So it's really important to be very consistent in boundary setting, very consistent in neutral as much as you can. Um, allow authority and autonomy as much as you can allow them choice where they're allowed to have it um and yeah I hope these kids are tough um these kids are tough they're some of my favorite people but these kids are tough so just because you're struggling doesn't mean you're doing anything bad and I'm sure as a parent there might be times you feel like you've had an over response and you can get very guilt-ridden and I I understand it inside and out, which is why I, again, created this whole platform to begin with is just to sort of normalize the struggles. Um, a lot of parents of strong-willed children feel like their kids are misunderstood, that they're sort of pathologized, right? Like they're seen as these kind of deviant, defiant children, and they're not. Um, they're leaders. They're not followers. So again, in a lot of these systems, they don't, they don't fall in line, so to speak. So if you are needing additional support or if you would like to set up a time, I'm here to support you, to help you, um, to really kind of come up with ideas and approaches to your specific child, feel free to reach out at www.wholeparentingproject.com. Um, it's what I created this whole platform for. It's non-shaming, just kind of parenting coaching um, advice specific to your family to just sort of support parents and really feeling better and stronger in their role. Thanks for listening and have the greatest of days.